My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. Today, I got my good friend, Michele Barra, on the line. Michele, how's it going? It's going great. We've seen basketball, so yes. everything is great. It is great. We've seen real players in real uniforms. Uh, some of you watched the blue and white scrimmage from yesterday. Uh, I feel a little bit sorry for you if you're trying to analyze that game because Kyle Singler played for both teams yesterday, so <laughs> don't take a lot from it. Um, McKelly, I haven't talked to you since the Russell Westbrook extension. What are your thoughts on Russ extending? He's basically here for the next six years. Well, uh, to me, there's no much downside uh, in signing a great player to a max extension that will be the same, basically. If if he if Russ uh, didn't, uh, wasn't agreed on the extension like right now, and he was able to sign a new contract next year, the number would be the same. So I think that having him sign right now helps a lot in any capacity because uh, the next season will be solely on basketball, no extension talk, no, we are all leaving next summer talk that, that uh, like they are toxic, uh, toxic in the end. Um, so I think this is great. And I, I don't think there's any downside on that, uh, except maybe for the owner money, mm-hmm. because this, this team is about to get expensive, like quite soon. Mm-hmm. And, but otherwise, I mean, uh, this is the best summer OKC could have possibly imagine in June. So I, yep. I'm, I'm really happy for uh, OKC fans and this team is about to, to get exciting because as soon as the, these three guys uh, start to gel on the court, it will be amazing. You guys, I have to tell you about our newest sponsor. I'm so excited. I'm and I'm not like manufacturing this excitement. Like this is like literal excitement coming from me is that Andy's frozen custard is sponsoring down to dunk. And let me tell you, Andy's frozen custard is delicious. They make their custard every hour. You can go up to the window and watch it being made at Andy's. And it's so, so good. They're going to serve it within an hour. So you're always getting fresh custard. It is delicious. Right now, you can go get yourself the pumpkin pie concrete where they take an actual slice of pumpkin pie and blend it with their vanilla custard, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, So you can take a big bite of it, and there's a piece of the crust in there. It's just so good. It's just so delicious. You've got to go get one right now. And let me tell you, if you come to our live pod... I've got these tickets that will give you a free item at Andy's. If you will tell me the item that I talked about on this pod, which is the pumpkin pie concrete, if you tell me about it, I will give you one of those free cards. 
I have just a few of those. So come find me at our live pod and I will give you one of those. Go check out Andy's. They have over 50 locations across the U.S. Obviously, they have them here in OKC. There's one in Edmond. Uh, up in Missouri, they have some. you got to go to Andy's because it is seriously the best frozen custard you will ever try. Yeah, I think that they, I mean, they have a chance to be really special. And I think that they've put some good enough role players around them as well to kind of fill in some gaps and... Some of it's going to be dependent on some younger guys that maybe aren't ready to take on that role like a Jeremy Grant, but uh, it's going to be spectacular. And Russ is, he's just the finishing touch on the perfect offseason because I just don't, I don't know how you can do better. Like I just, I just flat out, I don't know if I've ever seen a summer like this from a GM. Well, and and without any like cap uh, spike or or something because right. basically Sam had to do everything with the roster he had on in June and mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone would have bet in a summer like this like anyone so right. so it's great yeah I mean Danny Larue if you listen to him and Nate Duncan before the summer started he was like well Thunder is stuck in the same spot yep. that they're at and they're gonna have the same team they're gonna have to try to make it work and hope that these guys get better and he said that over and over and over again. Uh, but Sam Presti's creative, and he, he turned this team into maybe the second best team in the league. Yeah, maybe if if they find a way to to coexist on the court and not just coexist, but help each other, I, I think I think that this this uh, can work. And well, if you if you heard like every national writer last season, uh, OKC was on the downside of their of their history. And yeah. maybe maybe this will last just one season, but to 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 give the opportunity to to players like Westbrook, George, and, and Anthony to compete for a title from the point where Sam was starting again in June, this is unbelievable. I think so. There's no downside whatsoever, uh, and I'm uh, this is a reference to uh, KP Kevin Pelton article, which disclaimer I I really got into NBA and basketball mainly because of guys like Kevin Pelton. Mm-hmm. But I read the, that article and I, I, I can, I can't disagree more. Uh, so do you have any thoughts about that? You know, I really thought, why even go outside today? Because could the tornado <laughs> could just suck me right up. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to stay inside because I'm not even going to mess with it. Even though the grass is green, everything looks beautiful right now. You know, there's a chance that that tornado could just suck me up and my life is over. So that's yeah. it just feels like I, something great just happened to a small market. And I just don't understand like your first response being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe his body breaks down. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe this happens with Russ. It's like, okay, like maybe a few days later, but I think that that signing should have just been straight celebrated just because it's a win for the, the entire league. Oh, it's yes. a win because Adam silver make, there's no, there's no way around this. Adam silver is jacked that the Oklahoma city thunder are doing what they're doing because I think it scares him that all these coastal cities and these huge cities are the ones that are getting all the stars and he doesn't know how to stop it. And so mm-hmm. if a small market can put together a team and keep them together, the league wants Paul George and these guys to stay in Oklahoma City because it's good for the for the health of the mm-hmm. league. Uh, it gives hope. Yeah, it gives hope to these small markets. It gives hope to mm-hmm. Milwaukee and teams like that that are you know fighting to keep these superstars that they have on their team. Um, I mean, it's just – I just don't understand 
trying to throw that out there. I know you want to cover all sides of it, but uh, it just was a little bit silly to me. Yeah, and also the the like the, the argument he used to, to prove his point, I I, I don't agree that with, with that uh, because basically he used a projection based on warp, which is a nice statistics that he invented basically. Uh, but just just to, to to look at the methodology, so he says we select ten players that are most similar to Westbrook. Then mm-hmm. we cut this list to seven. And we leave out LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Deron Williams. So basically, you're doing a comparison. Then arbitrarily, you take out three of the best <laughs> players on the list and say, well, if we then run an average, well, Russell Westbrook will not be an all-star by the end of the contract. Like, LeBron James' warp is over the roof. So yeah. if you put them inside, no matter how bad Deron Williams was, this would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been great. So... Uh, I really don't know what, what what the hell this article is about <laughs> because because he, like if you use numbers and I I always agree to use numbers mm-hmm. you, you cannot like made up like lists of players that you like and maybe you cut uh, someone you, you leave out and some other you you take in just because your 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 outlook is proving the point you you want to you want to prove so it's it's really it's really weird yeah real bias real strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about lineups and we're going to talk some numbers behind it, but more functionality behind some of these new lineups, uh, that involved Carmelo Anthony. I had you on a few weeks ago and we talked about lineups that included the team when Canner and McDermott were still on the team. They're gone mm-hmm. in, in comes Carmelo Anthony. Now what does this team look like? Uh, let's first talk through maybe a few lineups, give me some numbers and, uh, we can kind of bounce back and forth on how they'll work. Yeah, so basically, um, Carmelo Anthony is a plus on offense, of course, it's a plus 1.9 offensive RPM, and is a minus uh, defensively, so it's minus uh, 1.75. So whenever you sub um, Carmelo Anthony for Patrick Patterson, this actually uh, decreases the the effectiveness of your lineup because of the upgrade defensively that Patrick Patterson Mm provides, and also um, spacing-wise, all the, the the model that you can find will tell you that Patterson is uh, helping the spacing more than Anthony. This is because the tendency of Carmelo of taking a lot of mid rangers and using the post more than uh, the spot up trees. I'm not sure this will change uh, throughout the season. We will see that, uh, but. Lineup wise, adding Carmelo for Patterson will decrease, well, for example, the rating of the starting lineup. But to me. Having Carmelo instead of what you had before, so instead of Ennis or or Doug McDermott, uh, will help you a lot because these two were minus defensively as well, mm-hmm. and they were not as good offensively as Carmelo. So if you can put Carmelo in the starting lineup and use him more as a spot up shooter, spot up shooter, and then you have Patrick Patterson from the bench, then things start to be very very intriguing because your the defense of the second unit unit can benefit of the presence of, of Patrick Patterson and also the spacing. Because if you have like one of the of the three main guys in the second unit with a center like Patterson, this this means that your the spacing that you have with the first unit will not drop in the second unit. So this alone will make this trade uh worth for OKC, I think. Yeah. I mean you you're adding shooting with the trade and you're just adding versatility because Mello he does have a lot of defensive shortcomings, and I've talked about that in the past, that I'm worried about him 
being able to stay on the floor even some against Golden State. But the fact is that he can defend multiple positions. He can defend the three and the four. Uh, and he's he's not going to do it well, but he, I think he can do it adequately. Uh, whereas Canner, we just knew that he wasn't going to be able to do it. Like he can defend some fives. Like I feel like he defends Al Jefferson really well, but there, there's, there's no circumstance where defending Al Jefferson is going to be life or death for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so I and and you, the point about Patterson coming off the bench, the bench for the Thunder before this trade was going to just hemorrhage points. Uh, mm-hmm. There was there were no defenders on the bench at all, and having Patterson come in as like a super sub, and you have Grant next to him, who's going to be able to weak side shot block. Uh, I think that's huge. Their defensive rebounding is really going to struggle, uh, mm-hmm. but I I just think that this is a it's looking more like a modern basketball team. And are they going to function as like a modern offense where you're slinging the ball around? I think that in an ideal world, yes. Uh, but if you look at these personalities and the kind of history of even Paul George and his game, like it kind of, you have to say no. Um, but maybe they could, maybe they could learn to play that way, or maybe they'll play that way sometimes. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that it will be hard to 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 build like immediately uh, a functional offense, like one that, that runs screens and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that at the beginning, we will see uh, a lot of isolations. Uh, mm-hmm. That this, this, will, this will happen for sure. And if you saw like, I, I, I'm, I'm not giving any uh, importance to last, last night's uh, scrimmage, but the first two actions was one, a screen of uh, Carmelo Anthony for Paul George, which is very interesting. Yeah. And the second one was a Melo post-up. And the third one was a Melo isolation. So I think that, at least at the beginning, they will they will start running things that they already know how mm-hmm. to run because they have to win games. Uh, but in the meantime, they can try to start to to run some set that uses maybe Russ and George as a screener or Russ and uh, Melo as screeners and... And stuff like that. I saw something like yesterday, for example, a double screen uh, with Adams and, uh, and Robertson for, for Paul George. These things will be there. And probably throughout the season, they will start to rely on those things more than isolations. Yeah. And even so, even if there are more isolations, you're giving so many different looks to teams mm-hmm. than like the Knicks and the Thunder and the Pacers were last season. Where you have, yeah, sure, you have mellow isoing on one side, but you also have like the gravity of a Russell Westbrook maybe cutting to the basket, and same with Paul George maybe spotting up, and like your the defense. I think that isolations will make sense at times um, with this team because you're talking about three of the most gifted scores in the NBA, mm-hmm. and to not use isolation at times would just be kind of silly. Um, and also Mello in the post, like his ability to draw fouls off an isolation in the post, like he's going to, I think that those are good things for the Thunder. And I, I think that some people get so bogged down with, man, you just got to throw the ball around. You just got to do it. There, there are other ways to have an efficient offense. The Thunder have never really passed the ball around, but they have been at the top of the league and have offensive efficiency just because they have top scores in the league. Mm-hmm. And also another important stuff is who's guarding Melo in the post. Right. So uh, is he the best defender on the other team? If so, 
this is great because it means that Paul George is guarded by someone that is not the best defender mm-hmm. or Russ is not guarded by someone that, that is not the best defender. Uh, so very few team has quality defenders all over the place. So Golden State for sure. But how many others have like four, three or four perimeter defenders then that can keep up with this unit? So this will be huge because, yes, Melo hasn't been efficient, efficient in, in New York. Guess what? Andrew Robertson, Tony Allen, uh, probably Clay Thompson and KD was guarding him like every given night. Mm-hmm. So this is hard to do. Uh, whereas in OKC, probably he will have to deal with second units defenders or not the first option defensively of the other team. And this is huge by itself. And another point in having like Patterson that I forgot to say before is that now you can run a second unit with Robertson because last season, uh, if you put a non-shooter, non, uh, non-offense player in the second unit, this will this that will be would have been bad for OKC. Now, if you have spacing because you have like Brines, you have Felton, you have Patterson, and maybe you have one of Melo or Paul George, then Robertson makes sense, and he is a good rebounder. He can screen for others. So I think that this will give also balance to OKC's defense in the second unit. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and this also the second unit, like if you just look at it. And I don't know, everybody's asking, is Josh Houston going to play? Is Who's going to play that three spot? Are they going to bring in Terrence Ferguson? Are they going to bring in Kyle Singler again? Uh, I really don't know, but I also don't know that they really even have to have a 10-man rotation. Um, I mean, the, I think like the nine-man playoff rotation will look something like the starting lineup with Felton, Abrinas, Grant, and Patterson off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, during the regular season, Billy plays a lot of guys. So I, I don't think that there will be a consistent guy at that spot at the three. I think you will see Singler. I just think that because he's a veteran, um, I think you're going to see him. I'm sorry, oh, guys. Boy. Just prepare your hearts and minds for seeing Kyle Singler out on the court. Um, I think they're going to try Terrence Ferguson. I do. I think they're going to try him. And... I don't, I don't know why they haven't played Josh Eustace up until this point, and I'm not going to say they're going to play him until I see it. Because for whatever reason, he hasn't gotten a chance. I think he needs a chance, uh, and I think he deserves one. But at this point, uh, I, I won't believe it until I see it. I, I would almost put Ferguson ahead of him at this point. Well, uh, it seems that way. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what what the issue is with with Josh. He, he he had like a very very good summer league. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe I, I think he was the best player by far uh, of the team. This is not saying much because basically he was the only NBA player. And yes, yeah. I don't consider Samash Kristen an NBA player. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least right now. That's why you're on um, down to dunk, man. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, by the way, I, Isaiah Cannon like shoot the hell out of the ball yesterday. So yeah. I, I think we have hope that he's the uh, 15th man uh, on the roster. Yeah. Uh, even if I think that is, it will be smarter for OKC just to keep the the roster spot open. Well, uh, for, I'm for I'm, I'm here. I'm I've just heard that Samaj probably has the edge. Oh, so. okay. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> which I don't. Oh, okay, which shouldn't well, that shouldn't be a sentence in really anything. Um, but we'll we'll see. Preseason Samaj always shows out, man. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Uh, yeah, um, and so. Well, I, I I don't I don't really understand why um, why Josh is not 
has not been, been given a, a chance mm-hmm. uh, in the last, at least last season, uh, because uh, I think he showed like to be at least competent yeah. on the defensive end. And so, why not? Yeah, no, I think that he he deserves a shot. He's a good guy. He's a smart player. Um, his pick and roll defense has been the reason why he hasn't played, or at least that's the reason that Billy gives. And I think that's kind of bull crap. I just don't. I think that's kind of a non-answer. Um, but I think so, that he de- he deserves a chance to have that spot. Um, but the bench unit, like all these guys, can shoot it from outside. And Felton Felton didn't have good percentages last season, and hasn't been like a career like great shooter by any stretch of the imagination. But he's still a guy who's a threat to shoot it. He can create his own shot. Uh, which is just nice. It's just nice to have guys that can come in and fill it up and kind of fill in spots where these guys are going to be staggered um, and they're going to be able, they're going to be trusted to hit shots. Uh, so I think that that makes this team just so much more versatile. Um, in particular, Jeremy Grant. Uh, for some reason, like I just gravitate toward this guy because I think that his athleticism, his shot blocking, and his ability to shoot threes, if he can do all those, at even like a moderate level, like if he's 35% from three, if he's on a, on a lot of attempts and if he can, Mm -hmm. you know, block shots and if he can be at least an adequate rebounder, I think that this, that makes this team ceiling a lot higher. What what are your thoughts on Grant for this particular team? No, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, If, if, if Jeremy pans out, as you, uh, as you said, this will be great for the team, but I'm really worried uh, for some reason, like every number I ran last season um, doesn't like uh, Jeremy Graham being on the court. So, okay, whenever Grant was out, OKC was actually better. Mm-hmm. So this scares me a bit. Then, yeah. but then you, you 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 actually see the lineups he was in, and and then you say, well, okay, but he was uh, running with uh, Kristen, maybe with Thomas um, uh, and. Um, and Kenner when whenever he wasn't good, so every month but January, basically. Uh, so there is a lot of noise in Jeremy Grant's uh, numbers. Um, and this makes his season one of the most interesting uh, for the Thunder because I, I have basically no doubt that OKC uh, will have like uh, a winning record and will be great in the second unit as well. But him particularly is very, very interesting. Um I, I'm also interested in which position will he play. So mm-hmm. is he is he a four? I, I hope he's not playing any minutes at the small forward. Right. Uh, maybe in some like big lineup when you where, where you have like Russ, Paul George, uh, him, Melo, and Patterson. Then who's the four? I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Or who's the three? Uh, but I I hope that he he's paired with a with smaller guy that can shoot. And if that is the case, then maybe his impact on the court will be better. Yeah. Uh, I'm not totally sold on him playing the five because I think he he will struggle too much, uh, both on a post defender and as a rebounder. So I don't really know what to expect, but I'm really interested on in seeing what, what will happen. Yeah, I think he and Patterson could play a lot together. Yeah. And I think that match is... Unless it's against like a big bruiser, uh, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because they're pretty athletic. They're going to spread the floor. Uh, they're going to give a place for whoever's running point, whether it be Russ or Felton. Uh, they're going to have places to go with those two on the floor. I think that'll. I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, okay, so give me give me some lineups that we can run through and kind of 
that we can talk through and see um, what OKC could do this season? Well, to me, the, the, the well, the starting lineup will be probably uh, the one that everyone expects. So Westbrook, George, Robertson, Melo, Adams. I don't think that these will be as interesting as the other lineups. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the ones that are most interesting are the one that Zach Lowe pointed out in one of his tweets, like probably minutes after the Melo trade, which are Westbrook, Abrines, Melo, George, and Adams. Yeah. And the same one uh, with Patterson instead of uh, Abrines. Yeah. So take your best four guys and then add in either pure shooting in Alex Abrines or a big man. So you add size and shooting. So I think that these two lineups would be the most interesting one mm-hmm. uh, because you have so many things that you can do. I think that uh, with the first one, so with Alex Abrines, you have so much shooting that this, the, the floor will be completely spread out because you can kind of cheat a bit uh, if Patterson is not on the on his favorite corner. Then you may cheat a bit. You cannot do that with, with Alex Abrines because he will he will hit uh, a three with like forty plus percent this season. I'm I'm, I'm sure. Uh, whereas with the other one, you can really put uh, teams like Golden State into trouble because you you match their size in any position and you probably are taller than them uh, because whenever they run their dead lineup, Igudala will be forced to guard a way bigger guy for like basically all the time. Yep. Yeah, I think that that one is really exciting. Uh, Just the idea of being able to watch Russell Westbrook again with shooting all around him, I just think it's going to unlock a lot for him in particular. Because what are you what are you going to do? Like you're not going to leave Melo on the perimeter, who's one of the best catch and shoot guys in the league. You're not going to leave Paul George. You're not leaving a Brinkness, like you said. And then even if you have that lineup and you sub Patterson for Adams, then you can have four out. And you can run mm-hmm. like a mellow Russ pick and pop, and then what do you do? Like what mm-hmm. is what what in the world is that defense going to do? Because then you can just swing the ball. Because Mellow's like a pretty good passer. I feel like that's yeah. something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Is that he's an underrated passer? So I just think that that kind of lineup is going to just destroy. And I and I see Billy using lineups like that a lot i see billy loving patrick patterson i feel like he's going to use him a lot and he's going to use him creatively um, just because he's going to play hard he plays great defense and i think he's going to be able to shoot the ball or at least have gravity um so it's exciting i feel like in any lineup the guy that we always want to remove first is robertson (laughs) just because he he clearly bogs down the offense some but i'm also pretty interested in using robertson as a screener and yes as a as a screen and roll because i think that even if you maybe you take a brinus out and you have russ robertson paul george Mello, and patterson like oh, you yeah. still have enough shooting and then if basically robertson is your center and he's running the screen because he can catch a he can catch it on the short roll he can catch a lob like he's He's an athletic guy. He played big, really, all up until he got into the NBA. And then the Thunder wanted to make him a shooting guard. Uh, he can play big, and then you can go unleash him on Steph Curry. I just think that <clears throat> he's he's becoming a little more underrated as like we sit here and dream, and Thunder fans dream about this team and what they could be. Uh, just because his versatility 
as a guard that can play as a big on offense, I think that that will and should be used a lot. No, I mean I, I'm completely with you. Um, actually, when I when I said about like Westbrook, George, uh, Melo, Pedersen, I think that if you slide one of uh, Robertson or Adams, mm-hmm. this lineup will be uh, incredibly effective. Yeah. Um, probably uh, with some teams, you have to put Adams in there uh, because of matchups sure. and because of the fact that Adams still makes better screens that uh, under Robertson. Yeah. Uh, but with other lineups, uh, Maybe Robertson is best suited to be uh, together with the other four guys because you need to have a primary um, defender for the main guy of the other team. So if you, you're playing like against the Rockets or against Golden State and Harden or Curry are on the floor, then having Robertson instead of Adams will help a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you said, I mean, it, it first, you have like a great defender. Second, it means that you can slide George on the second threat. Yep. And so this this is incredibly helpful. Um, and also, uh, I think another thing that uh, if you analyze just the melee trade, so if you, if you play Golden State and you have Cantor, who, uh, like on defense, he can guard Iguodala. Well, he will be put on Iguodala. Mm-hmm. And they will put him in the pick and roll uh, in the same way. So if you put Melo there, it's not the same because Melo is more mobile. So it's it's really it's really different. So I think that having this small lineup potential will be incredibly uh, huge for the Thunder. I'm not sold on the fact that they will stay away from the market. I think they they will try to sneak a center sooner or later, unless yeah. unless like unless Dakari unleashes his full potential and becomes like immediately. Um, a rotational player, which I don't know if that will happen soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I think that this team can like will look differently in uh, will look different in January probably. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that they will try to go get another big uh, because they have been so focused on rebounding over the past. Mm-hmm you know, five or six years, like they, that's been a point of emphasis for the thunder. And I don't think that they're just going to give that up right off the bat. Uh, the trades that they made were no brainers, uh, for mm-hmm. them. And it kind of got them off that track, but it got them on like a, got them on a much better track where you have all these stars yeah. and you have all this shooting and, um, but you're right. I think if there's a buyout guy or if they can make a trade, a simple trade for a big man and, the good thing for the Thunder is that it's not going to be that hard to acquire a center if you want one. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many up for grabs. Like, if they want to go, I mean, honestly, if they want to go get Jalil Okafor, they could probably, yeah, go, but- probably go get him for not much. And I don't think he's very good, but I'm just, I just think that you could go get somebody. I prefer they go get like an energy, rim defending type of big that doesn't need the ball. Um, mm somebody like that like a like a willie reed or somebody of that ilk that's going to be able to come in and um just block shots and rebound and we don't have to worry about him yeah i i kind of hope that tyson chandler uh agrees uh, to a buyout with with phoenix and becomes yeah. available yeah that that would be the perfect uh guy but i'm, I'm not sure there, there are two years i think so it's yeah. it's kind of tricky yeah there's there's two years left on yeah i don't 
I want that too. <laughs> I think that would be great. Yeah, that that I is think the best best case scenario. I think. More veteran leadership. Uh, it just depends on how unhappy he is being on a team like that. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it comes down to. Uh, all right, anything else that you find intriguing with this with this new team, or any other thoughts on the new look Thunder? Oh, I think that uh, the screening part we we kind of touched it with uh, with Robertson and Adams. Uh, Robertson, sorry, I, I'm I'm not good at pronunciation. Uh, so um, I think that having Robertson screening much more is a key for the Thunder mm-hmm. because uh, as uh, Matt Moore um, pointed out on on Twitter. Uh, OKC goes to this Robertson screening uh, just on the playoffs. Yeah. So it, this is kind of weird. Well, last season was okay because uh, like there was no spacing, so no one who can use screens besides uh, Abrines probably. But this season, they have a lot of guys that can use those screens. And I think uh, that this will be an emphasis from the beginning for OKC because you have to use Robertson as a screener or as a cutter. So I think really that Adams and Robertson will be used as um, like in a, they they can be interchangeable in this sense. Mm -hmm. So I would rather uh, see, I I hope we'll see like Robertson as a, as a main screener and then Adams in the dunker spot uh, and the opposite because they are both good cutters. They are both good screeners. And so having this opportunity with, either the first or the second unit would be incredibly important. And this alone can increase the potential of OKC of having like a good and modern offense. It'll be interesting to see what Billy does in the regular season versus the playoffs, because there really was some kind of switch, not this past playoffs, but the playoffs before that, when we had Durant and Ibaka, Mm -hmm. where everything just changed. Yes. And he was, using all these and i you just wonder like is he keeping this stuff under wraps are they working on this in practice like wh- like where did all this come from because i think a lot of people were really kind of scared going into the playoffs that season and just like mm-hmm. i like thunder the three c they're probably gonna get bounced in the second round by the spurs and like that's gonna be it uh and i don't I don't know i don't know what billy's gonna do billy's had to do something so different every season uh and i I'm with you, like, work those Robertson screens. Like, the Golden State Warriors have seen it. Like, they know that it's there. Uh, Why don't you get really good at it? Like, we'll let Robertson Mm -hmm. be really, really good at it and play against multiple players and get multiple feels on that. And then let, you know, see what it's like to have Bello and Paul George out there spacing. And then they can create from there if they don't have an open shot. I mean, I just, I don't know why wait. I guess, but I've just have seen Billy do that before, but we also have such a small sample of Billy yes. with talented players that it's hard to say what's real and what's not. And, and there's also an adjusting phase. So if a player doesn't want to do screens, it's very hard mm-hmm. to make him doing them. Yeah. So uh, I think that Billy tried the first season to, to get guys comfortable with him, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if if Russ uh, doesn't buy in with uh, with Billy, we have no Russ now. Uh, if KD, well, KD probably uh, didn't uh, buy in uh, at the time. But anyway, uh, I think that the first season of a coach is hard. Either you find magic, as Steve Kerr did, 
yeah. or it's kind of hard to to navigate. Uh, and Billy did great because I mean he was like really a, a normal KD game to be in the finals. So yeah. um, again, uh, he did great. I think that this season, uh, with, with the fact that Robertson can play with the second unit and being uh, the functional center there. I think that he will screen from the beginning because it's it makes sense. And uh, if a thing is make too much sense to be, um, you you really you really have to uh, to use him. Or again, uh, someone will completely uh, come into place in the second unit that we don't see. But I, I really think that this could be um, a major change in OKC offense. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Michele, thanks for coming on the pod today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Uh, we can follow your stuff at chart underscore side. Uh, anything else? No, no. I I'm really excited for this season. So I hope I hope everything goes well for OKC. Yeah, we've got a we've got a preseason game coming up. I believe tomorrow we got our first yeah. preseason game. So we're gonna get a look at this team against the Rockets. I don't know if Russ is playing. If he doesn't play, then there's not a lot to take from it. If he does play, still not a lot to take from it because it's a preseason game. Uh, But it will be fun to see these guys in uniform together uh, playing on the same squad. They're playing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So shout out to all of our Tulsa listeners. Enjoy the game if you're going. Uh, I'm excited for you guys. We have a live pod on this Thursday, October 5th. It's going to be at Anchor Down, which is downtown Oklahoma City off 2nd Street and Deep Deuce. It's going to be so fun. We're going to celebrate the summer of Sam. We're going to celebrate the start of the season. Royce Young, Fred Katz are going to be there. We're going to do a lot of over-unders. We're going to talk about what this team can be going into the season. We're going to make predictions. We're going to make silly predictions. It's going to be so fun. So come join us. Have a beer. Have a great salad. And hang out with us on Thursday night, October 5th. And hope to see you there.